Hi. Look, I don't really like asking for favours, but just wondering if you could leave us a review of our show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or any good podcasting platform that you listen to our show on. Every little bit helps and it helps us spread the word. That's it. Now, on with the show. Hi, I'm Nat V and welcome to Memoria. Bite-sized flash memoir and poetry coming to you every fortnight this season. Each story explores a moment that shaped a writer's life. The following story is called And Then You Were Gone and it is written by Simone Bowers and read by Petra Gleeson. Here is Simone to tell us how she came to write And Then You Were Gone. I wrote And Then You Were Gone as a final assessment piece for my final subject in professional writing, which was write creative nonfiction. And I had to come up with uh, whether it was a family history, whether it was a family tree or something, an event that shaped my life. So I started digging deep in the memory bank and I remember that I had had a really horrible haircut as a child, really, really short, and my beautiful blonde-haired sister had lovely long curly blonde hair and I was trying to remember why I had that haircut and why I, I thought I had nits, but I apparently didn't. And then I started thinking about photos of me with that haircut that were taken at an airport. Then I remembered I was at the airport because when I was five years old, um, my father, who didn't live with us and hadn't since I was a toddler, had come down from Queensland to take my older sister, who was two years older than me, back to Queensland with him for a holiday. And it all sort of stemmed from there as him coming back to take her, leaving myself and my little brother there. And just it all started to come back. It's not something that's never been discussed, obviously. It's something that sits in the back of your, of your memory as a child, as an adult. And then as a writer, you start to dig quite deep and you bring up feelings, I suppose, that you didn't really understand as a child what it all meant. I came into your life in the scorching heat of a Mount Isa summer in December 1963. I was pronounced clinically dead, born eight weeks prematurely. I survived against all odds. Did you even care? By all accounts, I was an ugly baby. You must have been shocked at the sight of my tiny, jaundiced body. How could such ugliness follow the birth of your perfect little princess two years earlier? There is no photographic evidence of us together. You didn't bother with the father-daughter bonding this time. You didn't stay in my life long enough to form any type of bond. Our family of four, soon to be five with mum heavily pregnant, shared the winter of 1965, and then you were gone. It was late December 1968, and I had just had my fifth birthday. My mousy brown hair had been severely cropped. I always thought I must have had nits. It turns out that Mum was a fan of Mia Farrow. A Google search revealed images of her in Rosemary's Baby. I got the horror movie haircut while my big sister was naturally blessed with the Tabitha from Bewitched look. It was in the searing heat of that Melbourne summer in 1968 when you arrived, unannounced, at our front door. We gazed up at you through the flywire of the half-screen door. 
Your sunglasses shielded your eyes and wide sideburns crept down your jawline. A thick moustache obscured part of your top lip. At the sight of your little princess, you broke into a smile that revealed a glinting gold tooth. She rewarded you with a beaming smile, proudly revealing the gap left by a lost front tooth. She had no idea who you were, even when you softly spoke her name. You thought I was a boy, the son you'd never met. You didn't know your son, the blonde-haired three-year-old right in front of you. It's easy to forget the fundamental details of your children when you've been predominantly absent from their lives. We ran away from you, all of us. We tore through our tiny commission house yelling, There's a man at the door! There's a man at the door! Six little feet pounded out the back door into the wash house where Mum was wrestling with the old ringer, wiping her hands on her ever-present apron. Mum retraced our path to the front door. Time stood still. Nothing was making sense to me, even when Mum softly spoke your name, Adrian. A name that was unfamiliar to the three children peering out from behind her, Adrian. I still hate that name. Mum was dumbfounded, while you stood on the other side of the door expecting to be invited in. Mum hesitantly opened the door and waved you inside. She told us who you were. We were confused, yet somewhat delighted by it all. Our dad was in our house. Eventually we were sent outside to play while the grown-ups talked about grown-up matters of importance. When mum called us in, we rushed into the lounge room, only to be disappointed. You were standing, ready to leave, and with eyes focused on your eldest child, you walked towards the front door, and then you were gone. I don't remember when you came back. It could have been the next morning. Or the morning after that. Time is relatively unimportant to a five-year-old. But you came back. Momentarily. You didn't come back for mum. Or your little boy. And especially not for me. You held the hand of your firstborn and made your way to the shiny red sports car. Gently lifting her into the passenger seat. Sauntering around to the driver's side. You gave a casual wave. And then you were gone. We watched you disappear around the corner, my little brother and me. Disappointed, but not upset at being left behind while our big sister went on her exciting adventure. We followed mum inside and got on with our day. Just the three of us. A gaping hole in my memories filled by mum's assurance that she explained the situation in child-friendly terms at the time. My sister had lung problems and our doctor had recommended time by the sea. She needed the sea air to make her better. That's why you didn't take us with you. Not because you loved her more, not because we weren't special, it was because we weren't sick. Nothing much changed in our unremarkable lives. We played in our patched-up paddle pool and enjoyed no-fuss picnic dinners on a blanket on the lawn. Mum, my little brother and me. We struggled to sleep without the benefit of fans or air conditioning or a sea breeze. My sister celebrated her seventh birthday with you. You took her everywhere to show her off like a cupie doll you'd wanted to show. Photos showed you on the beach, with Nanny and Poppy sitting together under a fringed umbrella. The black and white photos somehow managed to depict the bright blue water and golden sands. A stark contrast to our murky pool water and sunburnt grass, with Mum sitting under the wonky canopy of our back porch 
It was mid-January 1969 and we were herded into our uncle's station wagon bound for Essendon Airport. Only three weeks had passed, but for mum it must have felt like three years. The sight of my big sister being escorted off the plane by two beautiful ANSET air hostesses is something all of us will remember. It was in the heart of a cold Melbourne winter and you called me on the landline. There had been very sporadic contact, mostly awkward and unpleasant, over the course of 40-odd years. Your voice was raspy. You talked about the past, snippets of when you played the drums in a band. They were the good old days, you said. You reminisced about playing in smoky halls and club rooms. That's how you got lung cancer, you said. You told me you'd never smoked. Funny how things turn out, you said. You said nothing important enough for me to care about. No words of regret, no explanation, no apology. It was all about you. You were dying, you said. It was late in that cold Melbourne winter and Mum called me on the mobile. She had some sad news for me, she said. Your father passed away this morning. Why would she think I would be sad? I lost my father at the end of that warm Queensland winter of 1965. That's when you were gone. Memori was hosted and produced by me, Nat V. The short story, And Then You Were Gone, was written by Simone Bowers and performed by Petra Gleeson, with sound design and edit by Jen Farrow. Our superb illustrations are by our superhero, Peter Manning. Music in this episode is by The Blue Dot Sessions. Memoria comes to you each fortnight. You can hear our previous shows and see a schedule of our upcoming episodes on memoriapodcast.com or you can listen to us on any good podcasting platform. And we now have a Patreon page where you can support our upcoming episodes for as little as $1. In return, we will thank you by plastering your name on our website. If you love the show, please leave us a review and help us spread the word. Until next time. Thank mm-hmm. you.